Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, Todd and I have a conversation about theological triage, what it is and why it's important for us individually and for us corporately as a local church. Whether you've thought about this before or theological triage is something new for you, I trust you'll find this a helpful discussion as we seek to be a church family who values grace and truth. episode, I want to have a conversation with Todd. Todd, thanks for being here to talk about the idea of theological triage that can sound like a mouthful and like a buzzword, but I think there's a lot of important health for us. So I'm excited just to have a conversation um, with you about theological triage. So I'm just going to jump right in because it feels like there's so much to this conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, cool. Um, so theological triage, let's start with uh, what is it? And then we'll kind of have some follow-up questions to kind of put maybe some flesh on the bone and why like the average church member like should care about this and why it matters. Yes. Well, so I'll start with a statement that sounds almost sacrilegious, but is actually not, if you think about it. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, that the not, not every verse in the Bible is is equal mm. not not every doctrine mm-hmm. is is equal now all of scripture is god's word all of it is inerrant and it is true and it is good um but not every verse is equal now i know that sounds bad to say but i mean i think practically we all know that's the case sure. I, everybody when they've memorized scripture they have certain verses that they go to Right. That the, there are certain passages in Leviticus that are probably less applicable in my everyday life than, say, you know, John three sixteen or Galatians two twenty or Ephesians, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so before you want to get rid of me over, <laughs> over saying that not every verse in the Bible is equal, that, that that's all I'm saying here. Yeah. At this, the same way with with doctrines as well. That there are uh, there are some doctrines that that really define whether or not you are a Christian, like it, you can't be a Christian and deny that God exists. Uh, you can't be a Christian and deny that Jesus Christ is, is God. Mm-hmm. You can't be a Christian and believe that Jesus Christ is, is, is or, or was not a human. Um, you cannot be a Christian. If I said that right, I meant you cannot be a Christian and deny the humanity of Jesus. That's what I was getting at. Um, you, you can't be a Christian and deny that Jesus died for sins or that he got up from the dead. These are, these are, these are die for sorts of doctrines to where if you deny them, we, we have to question whether you are a, a genuine believer in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. a, a converted follower of his. Um, but but then there are other doctrines that are really important for the for the church. But the church has agreed to disagree on them over time. Mm-hmm. It's been a painful disagreement, and at times it has felt like they are die for sorts of things. But 
but once the dust has settled with the passage of time, we've, we as a collective universal church have thought, maybe this isn't actually a die for. We're just going to agree to disagree, but still call you a brother in Christ, even if we're not at the same local church. And so yeah. in, in my own, in my taxonomy that I got from uh, my, a professor of mine at Western, who's now my colleague, Gary Brashears, uh, he, he called these are doctrines that you divide over. And historically, those have been like baptism and certain practices, uh, other practices like that. Maybe the the practice of the charismatic gifts, mm-hmm. for example, maybe complementary and egalitarian issues. Um, I, I have lots of friends who are paedo-baptist. Uh, I don't deny their Christian confession. I just think they're wrong on this. And we probably can't go to the same church if they're going to insist on baptizing infants. Um, I I could probably sit under preaching for a while, but after a while that, you know, of watching the practice go on, it's like, ah, this is just not right. I'm not comfortable with it. I probably should go to church somewhere else. Um, I'm, for me, I'm, I'm functionally cessationist when it comes to the sign gifts, like speaking in tongues or prophecy, that sort of thing. And what is cessationist uh, for someone uh, who may yeah, not know? So a, a, a cessationist is someone who would argue that the sign gifts, not, not all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but just the sign gifts. Uh, and, and those are usually speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing, maybe apostleship, Mm -hmm. something like that, Uh, that those played an important role in the new covenant church, like post-resurrection, post-Pentecost church for a time period, and then um, ceased to manifest themselves. The the Holy Spirit chose to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give that gift anymore because the, 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 purpose of it has, has, has gone out. Um, I, I don't know whether I can make a rock solid case for cessationism from the Bible that that would probably be another podcast or two or three or four <laughs> in itself. But, Five or six. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I just have to admit I'm functionally cessationist, right? Sure. I, I've yep. never gone to a church where we speak in tongues in the worship service. We don't have that. As far as I know, at Gresham Bible, that'll be a shocker to me no. the first time we do that. We, <laughs> You know, th- that sort of thing. Um, I, I, my charismatic friends are brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't deny their Christian confession, the, the authenticity of their faith, their, the genuineness of their conversion, none of those things. We just probably can't go to the same church, even though I'll partner with them on a lot of things. And Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are doctrines to divide for. And, and then there's another tier or two of, of doctrines as well. I'm probably getting way ahead of your questions now. Oh, this, this is great. Point. Let's do it. Uh, there's, there's another tier of questions that, like, I, I might have really strong opinions on them, but, and, and I might even get a little animated as, as, I, as I argue for them, but it's going to be very intramural, uh, right? Within the same local yeah. church, we're not mm-hmm. going to divide over this, that, that I can disagree even passionately with someone over this particular issue of Christian doctrine. Um, and, and we're a million miles away from saying one of us is not a genuine believer and we can even be at the same church together. We can be at the same church together and, but, but 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 we're going to debate this. And so I think these are the doctrines that are worth debating, but not dividing over. So there's yes. some doctrines to die for, some to de- divide for, some to debate for. And uh, for me, 
I, I suspect this is the case with Gresham Bible. It, it would probably be issues related to eschatology, yeah. not the physical bodily return of Jesus Christ. That, that's that's up there in the the die fors, right? Sure. This sort of thing. But timing and nature of of the millennium. I, I have convictions on that. I'm I'm pre millennial, mm-hmm. um, but but I can probably go to the same church as someone who is you know all millennial. Yeah. I've I've done that. Did that for years at at Henson. Yeah. Um, and and then there are some doctrines that I don't I don't really even care to debate them. You, you know, it's just like <laughs> you decide. I I don't care. I, I'm not passionate about them. What happens to your clothes during the rapture? I, I don't care about Wait, that. Is that one you've dealt with? I, no, I I don't care about it now. I might later. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but. Uh, I, I have gotten some weird eschatology questions. There's there's that, always weird eschatology well, questions. especially if you're a theology prof yeah. and people, I, I mean, I've gotten random phone calls from people who just want to ask some weird question. Or not, I would have a podcast episode on all of that. Yeah. that yeah. I, I can tell you one quick story. Please. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember when Harold Camping was putting out all those billboards? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, about when the, and I can't remember what the date was, but it was. Which it, time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, well, the, the last time, because he's, he's dead now, right? That's yes. right. I, yeah, I, but I he did it several dead. times. Yeah. yeah, he did. And, but one time there was a big billboard push, even here in Oregon, you could yeah. drive, drive down I five and you'd see his billboards to repent because Jesus is returning on such and such a date. And I got a phone call from a young woman whose whose wedding was scheduled for that day, and she oh, was wow. wondering about the ethics of getting married on the day that Jesus Christ returned. Wow. And huh. and and I said, you know, well, not that it matters <laughs> if you if you're married or not when Jesus returns, or even if he interrupts you mid ceremony, that would be awesome. <laughs> but honestly, if if you're concerned, like if your goal is I don't want to get married on the day that Jesus returns, that day that Harold Camping chose is probably the safest day in the history <laughs> of time to get to get married on. So you, you get married, you don't worry about it. I can oh, I can I mean I don't know the day or the hour. Right. I certainly don't at all. But I'm. 99% sure that it won't be when Harold Camping said that. Uh, if, amen. So, yeah. Did you get an invite to that wedding? After I know, that I call? didn't. Yeah. <laughs> she said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Click. Huh, and that was that's interesting. So, Sound premarital counseling. Yeah, right there, for yes. sure. That, that's about the limits of my premarital yeah. counseling. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so good. Um, yeah, I just think the theological triage thing is so helpful. I remember mm-hmm. hearing you, I think it was on Food Trucks and Babylon podcast yeah. where you shared what you just shared with us about kind of the stack ranking importance mm-hmm. of biblical verses. Like, why do we even memorize the verses that we do? Hmm. There's this kind of presupposed importance there. I mean, it seems that way. It yeah. does. Yeah. And when yeah. you shared that, that was helpful for me yeah, um, to sense. hear it that way. So um, I could picture a lot of us, I know me, a lot of probably Gresham Bible Church, like nodding their heads, like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, okay. the I hope so. die, divide, decide thing. But I want to press into yeah. that a little bit more. So you gave, you know, baptism, maybe yep. first and last things. Christians can be like, hey, we disagree, but we love each other, all, all that kind of stuff. But why is that important. And mm-hmm. I don't mean just like kind of important. I mean, like critically important for the life, the healthy life of an individual Christian yeah, and then the healthy life of a local church. Like yeah. how does this Good. actually live and play out? What would you say? Well, to that? I think the reason that it's important is because uh, we're following an infinite holy God mm-hmm. and, and we are finite and, and we are holy positionally, uh, but but not but we are not yet glorified, and and sin, the the combination of of our own sinfulness, our own battles with the flesh, and our finiteness that 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 makes us um, 
less than brilliant. Um, <laughs> right. We, we, we are we, compared to sheep often yes, in the Bible. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes and, Which is not a, uh, not a flattering no, comparison, no. is it? Yeah. Um, so the, the, the things of God are, are difficult. Some of them he's made easier than others. Uh, even the easy doctrines like God is love, we're never going to be able to wrap our arms around what that is in its totality because God is infinite. We're going to spend all of eternity learning more and more about God and never plumb the depths, right? Well, if, if that's the case, when we're glorified and in the presence of God, uh, how what's that like for us here mm. in the context of, of a broken world uh, where we ourselves are broken people in a broken world full of other broken people. And not everything in the Bible is is really easy and really simple. And, and there are some things that are more difficult than other things. Yeah. It's, it's important, I think, for us to recognize that there are going to be disagreements. Um, but we have to have a taxonomy that is what we have to be able to perform some sort of triage on well this person doesn't think exactly the same way i do on everything how important is it mm -hmm. that i persuade that person that they're wrong and i'm right and and i think all of us think that we're right about everything yeah now i know that we all know that we're not right about everything but we think we're right about everything that we think about i mean mm -hmm. Who self-consciously holds wrong beliefs, right? Yeah. So, 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 so I think that I'm right about everything that I say. I know I'm not, but, but, but point out to me the places where I'm wrong and I'll change my mind because I don't want to be wrong, right? right. So, so that's right. all I mean. It wasn't yeah. quite as arrogant as what it sounded. <laughs> uh, but I think we're all like that, right? We're all like that. And, and if that's the case, then we're going to butt up with people in the, at Gresham Bible who disagree with us on some things. Mm -hmm. And and these are with regard to doctrines that are understood to be doctrines in the church. And, and then think about taking it to another level of the application of those doctrines. Then it gets even more difficult for us. We have to be able to apply some sort of triage there. How important is it that someone agree with me on the nature of baptism. Mm -hmm. Well, historically, and Gresham Bible has made the decision, we are a, a credo Baptist church that in order to be baptized, you have to give an authentic confession of faith. Mm -hmm. You have to give, you have to believe, right? We don't baptize infants who, who can't give that confession of faith. We've decided that's a divide over thing. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, th there are other things that are gonna run up, th that we'll run up against. Um, and maybe even in the application of the baptism thing, right? We, I, we, I talked on the, maybe, I don't know if we, what order these podcasts will come in, but we talked about how hard it is to, to, to look into the heart of a person and know whether they're genuinely converted. And so every time uh, we decide to baptize someone here at, at Gresham Bible, we have to make that judgment. Is this authentic new life in Christ. Great example. Um, and we don't have that magic set of goggles. That's that's a Holy Spirit thing. Right. Only God, I mean, right? It, 
Samuel's word or God's words to Samuel. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Um, so th- there, there might be people within Gresham Bible who disagree with someone else about, you know, what would be an appropriate age to be baptized. And, and so how do you navigate uh, your disagreements within the body? Um, and, and at what point does it rise to the level where we say, man, I'm, I just don't know that I can fellowship at the same local church. I'm not denying that you're a Christian. I, I'm not de-churching you, but I just can't be here mm-hmm. anymore. Um, well, hopefully we have some sort of taxonomy, some some way of doing theological triage, which will help us in that. And and what what I would... Uh, encourage as, as we're thinking about this is let's let's major on the majors and let's hold those with great conviction and, and let's encourage one another in those die fors and 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 we'll you know the the elders and the the founders of of Gresham Bible have put a lot of thought into that the pastoral staff and all, have put a lot of thought into what those die fors are and even what those divide fors are because that's what that's who yeah. we are here um, and then how do we show grace? in those doctrines and in the application of those doctrines uh, where we might disagree even with people at, at Gresham Bible? Does that mean that we need to leave? And I, I, I hope not. And I, it seems to me that a problem that churches run into is that, um, well, it's, it, it's one thing to have a taxonomy, but if you don't know how to put, put yes. the things in the taxonomy that doesn't do you any good. So right. it's one thing that, yeah, we believe there's some doctrines to die for, some to divide for, some to do it. Yeah, that, that's great. But how do you know where those things land? Um, and, and that's where Sunday after Sunday we'll, we'll open up the word of God in small groups. You'll be studying the, the, the word. word of God and hopefully come to some sort of a plan as to, to what's appropriate and then then do the best you can to live at peace with one another and, and be encouraging where there might be disagreement on areas where as a church we've decided these are the kind of things we can disagree on. Yes. Um, I so appreciate your explanation for that. In um, Gavin Ortland's book, Finding the Right Hills to Die On, if people at Gresham Bible Church haven't read that, we've given it away in our last book giveaway last fall. I would encourage people to read it. Um, you know, he drives at the idea of theological mm-hmm. triage. He didn't trademark it. This is an important principle, it right? Is. But I like how he articula- articulates it. He's the first one who wrote a book on it, as yeah. far as I know. So yeah. Good yeah, yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. No, which is awesome. I wish I would have written that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Todd. I love it's it. actually like those four Ds that I learned from Gary, the die for, divide for, debate for, decide for. I, I can't remember what his are. I, I know in, in Campus Crusader crew, they have like areas of conviction and persuasion and mm. something else. I, I don't know, but it, it always helps. I mean, we're, we're yes. Baptistic, right? We have to yep. alliterate things. That's, yeah, that's key. That's key. Yeah. No, I appreciate how Ortland uh, talks about how he articulates it is the principle, the importance of the, theological triage protects us from, you know, the classic like danger on both sides of the road. Mm-hmm. So he talks about it protects us from the danger of doctrinal sectarianism and the danger of doctrinal minimalism. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping, you know, just to f- hear you speak into that talk. How do you help us understand that? I guess where I come from personally, just real quick to kind of mm-hmm. color this is like the pendulum can swing, right? When um, I used to be a young, angry Calvinist. Okay. And I, uh, you know, came to believe in the doctrines of grace, which yeah. I hadn't until late into college, early married to Carrie, because it was so new and awesome to me. And it is. Mm-hmm. 
that became like the only grid through which I could see things. Yeah. That was tempered by God's grace over time. Doesn't mean I don't believe in those oh, doctrines I, I, of grace. I was grace. just wondering if you're now just an old, <laughs> you're older, like, angry I'm gonna Calvinist. You on the pot. Yeah, my, oh, Lord, <laughs> yeah. brother, rebuke me if you yeah. see that. But like, uh, so there's that. So the passion thing, mm -hmm. right? Like the zealousness. Yeah. But then on the other side of it, everything is flattened to mm -hmm. where it's like, um, not helpful and not beautiful in the texture and color and priority of who God is in his word. So mm. I was just, I would love to hear you speak into the danger of how Ortland describes it, the danger of doctrinal sectarianism on one side, right? And then, yeah. but if the pendulum goes all the other way, the danger of doctrinal minimalism, yeah. how does three theological triage like help us hold the center and live in a healthy tension? Yeah. So to, to go back to what we were talking about earlier that, you know, God is infinite and awesome and holy and so beyond us. And in Deuteronomy 29, 29, Moses tells the Israelites, the secret things belong to God, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but what has been given to us is for our good, right? So so I, I think that verse could kind of speak into this, this whole idea or at least the necessity of it. Um, we're not going to know everything about everything. We're not going to know everything about any one thing. Um, but but we, we have to be able to make assessments. We have to be able to do this theological triage. And I, I think what Gavin Ortland is getting at there with like on, on the one hand, you could fall off into minimalism uh, where doctrine just doesn't matter at all. It, yeah. Let's just love one another and, and let's, let's give some sort of lip service to, to Jesus as, as, as one among many possible saviors or something like sure. that. Yeah. And, and you've lost all Christian distinctiveness as though, and, and what you're effectively saying is doctrine doesn't matter at all. Of course, doctrine matters a lot, not because we're theological eggheads, but because we have been saved in time by a particular God who is a particular way. Mm. And, and, and he, in, through his son incarnated in the flesh in time and space and became a real human being, Jesus Christ, and became a real human being in a particular way where you, he's, he's fully human and fully divine simultaneously. Well, we call that the doctrine of the incarnation or the doctrine of the hypostatic union. These are of vital importance to Christian faith because unless Jesus Christ is everything that the Bible says that he is, he can't do any of the things that we so love and Amen. need to be saved. Doctrine matters. It, it really, really matters. Nevertheless, so like even as I'm talking about how Jesus can be fully human and fully divine, the church has really struggled for centuries. To, they did initially for a long time trying to figure out how exactly was Jesus fully human and fully divine. That's a tough one. There's there's no model that we have in 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 the world, in the natural world, we can say, yeah, Jesus is kind of like that, right? right. Um, he's one of a kind, unique. And, and so for a long time, the church was able to just say, well, I know it's not that. I know it's not that. I know it's not that. Um, so um, so it, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard to, to wrap our minds around these things of God. Nevertheless, we've been given sufficient doctrine to guide us in our practice. And so... Yeah, we, we, we want to know what these vital doctrines are, but we can't elevate every single thing yes. to the same level when it doesn't come with the same amount of clarity, mm -hmm. right? I, I think I mentioned earlier about cessationism. I, I can't make a rock solid, strong biblical case that the gift of tongues ceased sometime after Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. 
Because in 1 Corinthians, he gives instructions to the church in Corinth on how to regulate the public practice of that gift. It was alive and well yep. during, during that time period. Um, and so because of that, I, I'm, I can't go to a, to a person who believes that they have that gift and just say, you are so wrong. You are so wrong. And, 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 and you're not just so wrong, but you are dangerously so wrong mm-hmm. to where I don't even think that you're a Christian. These are things that because of a lack of clarity, we can agree to disagree on at the universal church level. Yeah. Now, I do think that there's some clarity there to where I'm willing to say, I think you're a Christian. I don't think this rises to the level of deciding whether you're genuine or not, but you're going to have a hard time being at my church and I'll probably have a hard time being at your church because you're going to want to exercise this thing you think is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just not convinced that it is a gift Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And if it's there, I don't really want to see it in the, in the gathered worship assembly. I don't, I don't. Right. And so, so maybe we're better off being at different churches, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ and I'll partner with you on everything that local churches can partner with who have the same core confession of faith. And, yeah. So, so, uh, but, but if I, if I elevate every single tiny little thing to, you have to agree this way, or, or you have to agree with me on everything, then we're going to be sectarian to the point where we think Gresham Bible is the only show in town. Right. That, that there's no other gospel witness in the in the city at all, no one else is trustworthy because they don't think the way that I think about the timing and nature of the rapture. Yep. When that's not a very clear doctrine. Now I have convictions on the rapture and I have, I, I have thoughts about when it occurred, but when you marshal the biblical evidence for it, it's like, do we really want to elevate this doctrine to something where we say, man, n- not only can we not fellowship together in any sense whatsoever, yes. I, I because of that, I'm not even sure you're a Christian. Like that would be sectarianism, yes. right? Where where every single doctrine, regardless of clarity, becomes a litmus test for genuine belief or genuine fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's so helpful. Uh, um, yeah, I just processing what what you're saying. I know personally and pastorally, I think the framework of theological triage for some. Um, is counterintuitive, but it helps mm-hmm. us. What comes to mind is Colossians 1 23. Uh, one of the key verses in, in my walk with Jesus is to remain stable and steadfast, not shifting your hope from the gospel. And it yeah. helps you do that. Even with the best of intent, if everything's important, nothing's oh, important. Yeah. It helps you live into that fullness, protects the unity of the saints, protects our gospel witness as mm-hmm. fellow local churches. I just think this is something like we got to press into. Um, anyway. Yeah. And historically, the, the church has, has performed this kind of triage well, on the die for doctrines by by calling some things heresy and others not mm-hmm, yep. and 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 historically those things that were deemed to be heretical were those ideas or false doctrines false ideas that undercut the logic of the gospel to where yes. if 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 you deny this or if you say something different then i i don't even know that you can articulate a coherent gospel. You definitely can't articulate the biblical gospel. And so, yeah, I, I, I think what you just quoted from Colossians is so huge there. What, what, what doctrines are 
are fundamental to the to the gospel and necessary implications of the gospel. Yes, amen. And 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 historically, you know, I mentioned like the the hypostatic union, the full deity, the full humanity of Jesus. What. It, the church judged the validity of these proposals about Jesus through a, I'll say it this way, soteriological lens, the doctrine mm -hmm. of salvation. Mm -hmm. And basically what they were saying is the Bible doesn't explain to us precisely how Jesus could be fully human and fully divine, but I know how Jesus saved me. Yeah. Right. I, 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 first Corinthians 15, Jesus Christ died for sin and he got up in the debt from the dead. And the, and the, and the Jesus that you just described in your proposal about who he is he couldn't have done what the Bible said that he did. So therefore, I'm going to judge your proposal of Jesus to be heretical mm -hmm. because it undercuts the gospel. You've, you have given us a Jesus who can't save. Yes. Um, so, so I think, yeah, the, the gospel is huge. It's always been kind of the, 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 the North Star uh, of the church in this idea of, of theological triage. We haven't always done it exactly right. Uh, there's some things that we deem to be heretical. I'm concerned. It seems to me that what happens with the church a lot is, so sectarianism versus minimalism on one, you know, like that's like extremes. But what tends to happen a lot of times is, is we compromise on things where the Bible is pretty clear on, mm. and, and and we are really loud and obnoxious about things that maybe we ought not to be quite so, so loud on. And so I... I mean, I know I, if, for me, it probably it's for you. I'm, I'm like terrified of using any authority or position I have in the church to like illegitimately bind the conscience mm. of, of someone. Yes. So, you know, like when I'm, That's good. when I'm preaching at, at, at GBC, I, I, I know that when we're up teaching the word of God, we, we have the authority and the power to bind people's consciences, sure. but it's not us that's doing it. It's the word of God that's yeah. doing it. Right. But, but as we are articulating it, then, then that's what we're going to do. And, 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 and it's, we need to be mindful of, to, of, of like falling off on, on either side. Are we binding the conscience of Christians where the Bible has not spoken clearly or are we failing to preach the whole counsel of God, to teach the, the word of God to where the consciences yes. are not being bound. The, the, the spirit effectively has nothing to work with based on our teaching because we have so watered down what the Bible says. Um, and the, the spirit is sovereign God. The spirit can do whatever he wants in the life of a believer, but for whatever dumb reason, he chooses to use us <laughs> right. around Amen. here. And, 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 and we have that responsibility to faithfully teach the word of God. Yeah. And, Thank you for um, drawing that close from a pastoral perspective on how this really matters and informs like the faithful teaching and preaching of God's word week to week. I the the tension, the weight mm -hmm. you just yeah. spoke to brother. I feel that often like Lord protect me. Cause um, man, that's, yeah, that this is important for our, our health as believers. Yeah. yeah. How about, uh, Todd, any, if someone maybe this is the first time they've heard it or like, wow, I do need to hear, learn more about this. Any resources or places you would point people? Yeah. Well, I mean, you should become a student at Western Seminary, of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. Um, uh, we, we have a biblical theology class Love coming it, yeah. up. Yeah, right. show, show up on Sundays yeah. uh, yes. where you'll hear the word of God expounded from, from all the people we have here who, who preach and uh, the, the Bible studies. The, the Gavin Ortland's book um, is is big. If it, 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 and then there's some really good theology books that are I think I think are just 
are excellent. Um, I, you know, J.I. Packer's Knowing God, I think, is, a, is a wonderful book. Even like Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy uh, is, is, is a really good book as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned Jesus uh, a lot. I, I, I have a book on Jesus out that I think is pretty a, pretty uh, approachable as well. Um, but, but, but any good Christology book, Steve Willems written some really good books on Jesus. Um, so yeah, there, there's, we, we don't lack for resources. Yeah, th yes. That's for sure. Yes. Speaking, so speaking of resources and kind of with the last question too, could you offer some words or advice of people who, I mean, it could be people at GBC that kind of have their their hobby horses of divide yeah. things that they maybe are looking to others to fuel yeah. the desire of why they think like they've they've oh. elevated. I, I bet there's some people at GBC. I'm not thinking of anyone in my head right now. Don't worry if you're listening to this, yeah. but just because it's common in churches that yep. we might have divide things in our heart that we subconsciously or consciously are starting to elevate to die and conversely yeah. how how should we talk with people who have taken mm -hmm. divide issues and turn them into die issues we I mean, even yeah. like baptism or yeah. you have to you have to speak in tongues to be saved i mean yeah. even some of those that are divide things yes. churches have elevated to dies in in certain circles yeah good and, question and and, and, and I, I think in our culture too right now that it's fueled by we we are part of an outrage culture where mm. where we love to be outraged over things yeah you're and, right. and it's and tribalism is so rampant now because it's so easy to find someone who agrees with you yeah. no matter how idiosyncratic your thoughts are right we can find someone on the internet who agrees with and and we can find a tribe and it, it used to be that you didn't you didn't have that luxury mm. just because of space, right? You you were you were going to find yourself planted somewhere, and you. I, I, G. K. Chesterton, my wife, uh, told me this quote by his: um, "You can pick your friends, and you can pick your enemies, but God picks your neighbors." Mm. Um, and and so. Wow. That when you when you're someplace and you live someplace, you're surrounded by people who are going to think differently than you. And and just to be sane, you had to figure out how to get along. We don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, we can live twenty four seven watching whatever cable news show we really like. We can uh, we can spend our time on the internet. Fr from a ministry standpoint, we can spend our time just listening to our favorite preacher and never leave our home. Mm -hmm. But that is not the Christian life and that is not the church. Preach. <laughs> you have to get out and you have to be with other people. And when you're around other people, you're gonna interact with people who disagree with you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this triage is so important. When do I pull the trigger and say, this is not acceptable, mm -hmm. it is not. And man, I, I just, again, uh, think of think of Jesus' high priestly prayer. Mm -hmm. right? uh, unify them. And what was the standard that yeah. Jesus was praying for? The standard of unity that Jesus was praying for in his in his high priestly prayer. The kind of unity that the Father has with the Son may they have with each other. That so intra trinitarian <laughs> unity. That is that's the bar. Yeah, that's the bar. That that is. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be blasphemous. That is the goofiest prayer request of all time, right? <laughs> like like there is no possible way. Yeah. And yet that was Jesus's prayer request, yeah. and it was like 
like I mean, we, we could almost say like dying words, the, the last moments of solitude where he can pray the most important stuff. That's what he prays for. So it is a huge priority. It, it, it's a huge value. What are we doing to maintain the bonds of unity and a spirit of peace within Amen. the church? Can we agree to disagree? And it's so difficult because in our outrage culture, we've elevated every disagreement to a, a personal affront. Yeah. We take everything yep. so personally. And uh, yeah, we have to be better than that. We have to, it's, it's okay to argue. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's yes. okay to disagree. Yes. I, yeah. That's good. Such a helpful discussion, Todd. I yeah, so appreciate you hearing. Yeah, hearing I, you I, share I've about talked, right now. talked all the time, and you. No, <laughs> that was the point. Like yes, that's the point, you, man. Thank <laughs> you. This is good. No, just just processing our our moment. I'm sure there's so many verses that are coming to mind for all three of us, but I just felt like I should should read it. So towards the end of the book of Isaiah, we've been in Isaiah, right? Isaiah 40, Isaiah 66, second half of verse two. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So in all of this, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it just just processing what you're saying feels like there's this underlying tone or background music of like humility. And I don't see that in a week. There's no such thing as truth. No, there's truth, but it's this humble posture in it. I just want our church to continue. We care. We're about God's word. We're Gresham Bible Church but to in a Christian kind of way. Oh, so, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, th- think of like it, Paul, when he's writing the Philippians, there's, there's s- some sort of conflict between people and, and he goes, be like Jesus, right? <laughs> yes. be, be like Jesus in this way, who, who didn't consider equality with God as something to be grasped, something to be leveraged, right? But, but, but he humbled himself. Uh, we're, we're supposed yes. to look to the interests of others as, as being more important than our own. And, 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 and that can even be at times ideological differences. It, it, it could very well be. I'm not asking anyone to compromise the faith, but can we perform an effective theological triage to say, okay, this is something I just can't agree on, yep. or this is something, or I'm, I'm sorry, th- this is just something I can't agree to disagree on, or is it, this is something I can agree to disagree mm-hmm. on. Yep. Um, we are, we're, we're a local church. We, we are covenanted together to love one another and care for one another. And, and I need to put your interests above my own. Um, he, and, and of course, the only reason Paul would say that is because it's not easy to do. If it were easy to do, he wouldn't. So, so it's not we agree to disagree on the meaningless things. It's it's it's. There's times where we're going to agree to disagree on some things that are difficult for us, but they just don't rise to the level of you're not a believer right. or we cannot be a local church together. But then it's going to be hard. I mean, so he's talking in the church in Philippi. He's talking to people who have covenanted together. They're part of the same local church. And, right. It, yeah. It, it's, he wouldn't have to say it if it was easy. Right. It was going to be hard. Good word. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. If you think of the witness of our unity from John 17, the high priestly prayer, but also the witness of our humility, <sighs> when we live in an outrage culture, how different do we look oh, to, to the entire world if we're willing to say, hey, let's just agree to disagree, not, not take it as a personal yeah. front, not fight about mm-hmm. it, not elevate it to you know, I'm going to blast you on Twitter and I can't ever talk mm-hmm. to you again. Like yeah. we'll look completely different than what our world looks like in 2023. And and, yeah. and it's not yeah. that we have no convictions. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Ken Evans, we're yeah. Christians. Yes. By definition, yes. we're convictional. <laughs> we're convictional. We're yes. yeah. them, right? yeah. We truth matters to yes. us, but do we have the wisdom 
to know where some truth matters a little more than others mm -hmm. does, especially when there's a level of certainty to it that might be a little bit lower than we think it is. Yes. yes. That's... Um, yeah, and, think of John 1.14, Jesus being full of grace and truth, that we got, we got to find that balance. Mm -hmm. And I think in the world today, our own truth... And Christians do this too. Our own truth needs to be louder than your truth. And we need to go with God's truth. Oh yeah. 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 Amen. That's a good word to end on. Yeah. Thank you guys for this conversation. An important one. Want to encourage us as a church not to shrink back from this, but continue yeah. to press into this, into the fullness of it. Um, yeah. So good. So uh, Gresham Bible Church, if any of this brings up questions or you want to talk more about it, which I hope it does. It's a whole yes. point of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't want to do this just to provide content or feed a spirit of consumerism. I hope it like spurs real conversation in our life together as a church. So encourage that. And if you're um, around the church office on Tuesdays, Todd, I'm going to speak for you. Uh, Todd's door is open. Come hang out with Todd and talk about this. <laughs> Ask him uh, those eschatology questions. Yeah, That's let's right. do it. And I want to listen in on that. That'll be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what happens to your clothes during yeah. the rapture. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, great. Again, if this um, brings up anything uh, best to talk about it in person or reach out to me at Mike at GreshamBible.org. And as we do periodically want to do that on this episode, want to give a heartfelt thank you to our friends at Humble Beast for the great music on the podcast. All right, until next time.